Caleb Williams, quarterback, USC. How good is this dude? Is he the front runner to be the number one overall pick? Should your favorite team collapse for Caleb? We're breaking down the Heisman Trophy winner today on the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. You are Locked On NFL Scouting with the Draft Dudes, your daily podcast for NFL and college football scouting. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's better than this? It's guys being dudes here on the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. We're the Draft Dudes. I'm Joe Marino from Locked On Bills. He's Kyle Krabs from Locked On Dolphins. And we are your NFL experts here with you daily to talk team building across the league on the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast with the Draft Dudes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'd like to thank you for making Locked On NFL Scouting your first listen every day. And of course, a big old welcome to our everydayers. You know who you are. Those of you who never miss a single show, whether we're talking Caleb Williams, the Texans or the Steelers, we appreciate y'all being here very, very much. Happy Kyle almost implodes his desk during the intro day to yeah, you. What, what happened? What happened there? So I went to pick things. up my mug, and my mug was attached to the uh, Hard Rock Stadium coaster that I have. Hmm. So I picked them up, and the coaster came with the mug and then oh, fell off hmm. after it got about three inches off the desk. So my my apologies uh, to you, but you held your composure very well. I did. Wanted to power through. Got through it. Welcome. What's up? Uh, you know, just hanging out. It's Tuesday, May 16th, 2023. I was told you have a surprise. Is it Caleb Williams or non-Caleb Williams related? I, I already gave you the surprise. I came up with a cool hashtag. Collapse for Caleb. Collapse for Caleb. Got it. That's the surprise. And you saw my, I had a visual reaction yeah. to collapse for Caleb. So I don't know if that's, if I Twitter search that, will that be a thing? I, you know what? I don't know. And my apologies to whatever account has potentially already came up with it. But when I developed the cold open for today's podcast, I thought I hit a little gold mine there with collapse for Caleb. Because you got to have, you got to have the, the, you got to have the hashtag for the like big time quarterback, you know, whatever your tanking hashtag. Suck for luck. Tank for Tua. Yeah. Whatever, whatever they were. Um, Okay, so I see... Tank for Trevor, right? Tank, tank for, for Trevor, Trevor yeah. Uh, Tunis Raider in December 11th, 2022 said collapse for Caleb is a go, but he didn't hashtag it. Okay, it's mine. Hold on. It's for proprietary for sure. Um, No, there's a few. Ben Daku? Um, J-Man 09... Yeah, th- this is a little bit of a thing. Okay. Well, well, now it's fully Rob thing Bob here. seventeen on February twenty second. Rob Bob, yeah. Okay. So I great minds think alike, though. Yeah. All right. So Caleb Williams is our subject of conversation today on Locked On NFL Scouting. We are intermixing some college scouting, and of course, Caleb Williams, uh, former Oklahoma Sooner, transfers to USC along with Lincoln Riley, is the Heisman Trophy winner from this past season. USC comes up just short of a college football playoff berth, losing in the Pac-12 championship game to Utah. Caleb Williams is hurt in that game, ends up playing against Tulane. A lot of buzz. So I guess let's let's talk about Caleb Williams from a background perspective. We've obviously uh, have a little bit of a unique perspective here, having had a chance to meet Caleb last summer and, and 
you spoke with him along with what was it you and Keith? Yeah, I think it was me him? and Keith. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we get a chance to meet him when we were out in Santa Monica for uh, Steve Clarkson's event, and highly professional dude. I think that's the thing that stood out to me from a intangibles and personality and demeanor perspective is he has a plan and a pathway and his objective has been to be the first quarterback drafted and and become a franchise quarterback for a team and every decision that he made when he was transferring was all with that in mind and uh you, you hear a little bit about his prep uh what he does to take care of his body these might be like eye-rolling cliches to some but they absolutely matter when you're talking about 19, 20 year old young men and, and their perspective as they get ready to get paid millions and millions and millions of dollars to be a franchise quarterback. And Caleb Williams, that part of it, that box, I, I think we realized very quickly was checked. Yeah, there's no question about it. I think that's a, a big point of information that we can share is from that conversation that we had with Caleb, even before we pushed record on the interview. Um, he gave us some big time clues into who he was as a guy, right? And, and somebody who's very process oriented, somebody who cares about football. It's important to him. He loves it. Mm-hmm. His uh, his gas factor. Um, that's an acronym for give a and you, know um, you can. Yep. So it, it's really, really, really high. And I can really appreciate that about him. I think that's something that is a separator. We're going to talk about his skill set in his game and, and why he's viewed in such a high regard as a prospect. But the intangibles component here is is off the charts, right? And he even got into like his daily routine with us and what time he wakes up and what he eats and how he approaches film study. And, you know, the guy the guy was referencing like missed throws from the Oklahoma tape. We're just a couple of dudes talking to him in May of 2022. And he's like, yeah, you know, I, th- these throws really stand out to me. And he's, he, I mean, that's one thing to bring that up with a scout or an NFL GM, but it's you and I, and I'm not trying to make light of you and I. But I, I really appreciate him giving us that insight to, um, to his process. So yeah, I think I think that whoever's going to get this player can feel really really good about having a legitimate leader and face of their franchise. Um, he's also he's 21. He turns 22 in November, so he'll be a 22 year old rookie. I like that about him. Washington D.C. negative uh, native. Excuse me. He went to Gonzaga. It's Gonzaga. Some some type of Gonzaga high school over there was a big-time high school recruit, right? A five-star, number one overall type guy. And then, of course, Oklahoma to USC. And then, my goodness, what a year he had statistically at USC. He set the single-season record last year at USC. And let's um, let's be mindful of the great players that have been at USC. For total offense, most touchdowns scored, passing, completions, passing attempts, Passing yards gained, most touchdown passes thrown, the lowest interception rate, highest passing efficiency, all in his first season at USC. And so, obviously, the Heisman Trophy winner, a highly accomplished football player that um, when you look at just the resume here and the makeup of the guy, it's pretty exciting. Yeah, and the accolades, of course, right? I mean, this is Blue Blood program, two Blue Blood programs with Oklahoma and, and USC and the production speaks for itself and winning the Heisman trophy. And I think this will be a good year on the heels of winning the Heisman uh, to kind of see what the encore looks like. Right. Uh, Obviously there's, there's some motivation for SC having come so close to that college football playoff berth and, and just missing it with that late season loss in which he was injured and had to try to play through and uh, lost to Utah twice. Uh, So I, I certainly have, uh, a potential 
showcase there is one that I'm really eager to see. Obviously, they, they put up points in the first game. They lost, what was it, 45-42 or something like that. And mm-hmm. I don't think they punted on their first four possessions or something like that. Um, but I, I'm excited for Caleb Williams to see what the encore to last season was like. But this is a player from a skill set perspective as we get ready to talk about the skill set, Joe, that I I really don't care all that much if there's a regression statistically because the skill set, there's a very clear floor. There's a very clear ceiling. There's a, a very uh, tangible base that you're going to be acquiring to develop into whatever system that you try to run at the NFL level that I think gives him a very high chance of being successful. All right, so, I'm, so I'm not worried about a statistical regression, even if one does exist. All right, so we're going to talk about the skill set here in just a moment. Let me uh, – one more talking point here. He started the Caleb Cares Foundation. It's dedicated to anti-bullying, mental health awareness, and youth development. So another uh, really cool endeavor that he's already embarked upon here in his young football journey. All right, so like I said, the skill set's coming up here in just a moment. But first, need to tell you about FanDuel. Make a fast break to FanDuel during the NBA playoffs because right now new customers can get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. So we got the NBA playoffs. We got the NHL playoffs. MLB is in full swing. Some really fun NFL futures bets that you can get in on, especially those win totals. There might be some – some money to be made over there if you uh, if you think a team's going to go over or under those projections over at FanDuel. And look, there's no better place to bet on all the sports action than America's number one sports book. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel, official sports betting partner of the NBA. Okay, so skill set-wise... I think <laughs> I think the best way to describe Caleb Williams is there's about 10 plays in every game that I say, how do you do that? Okay? But and of the 10, eight of them are, wow, that's incredible. Dead sprint to the left, throwing ropes. 20 yards downfield for tight window completions. Uh, the throw against what team was it against? Uh, was it the first Utah game where he's rolling out to his right and throws like he's on the sideline and throws like a lob shot 40 yards downfield, like jumping in the air to do it? Or was it Fresno State? It might have been Fresno State. There's like these unbelievable physical feats of throwing the football. And then there's one or two in every game that it's third and 15 and you're in a long down and distance situation. And it's like, how do you do that? Where you just, you you take a sack you shouldn't take because he's trying to make something big happen. So there is a live by the sword and a die by the sword component of Kalen Williams that I love that you want to find the right balance with as you're going to move forward and play at the NFL level. A uh, good example was there was a, a an end-of-half situation against Utah where they had first and 10 near midfield, and he takes a sack on a shot play, and it really sets back the possession. 
uh, as compared to if you throw an incompletion there, throw the ball away, you save time, it's second and 10, you kind of put yourself in a better position to kind of move on and, and go from there. Um, but just the raw physical ability to throw the football is very, very unique, very, very rare, and I think he's incredibly gifted in that regard. And he's got plus arm strength, right? Easy gas yeah. on the football and can really drive the hammer the football outside the, the numbers and really has access to the entire field. There's no question about that. And um, you mentioned just the creativity, the pocket movement, the instincts, the vision. It's all really, really top-level stuff. His ability to move and throw off platform and, and, and make, make every throw from every arm angle and every platform. That's really, really exciting, and, and it, it works, right? It's something that we've seen – the NFL be able to maximize. I think one of my favorite things about Caleb Williams is when you consider all of those plus traits that he offers. And um, I, I, I'm really surprised just how controlled he is, right? He, he's doing really hard things on a football field. He's really navigating tight quarters and, and finding platforms and making hard throws, but he's really, really poised and controlled through all of it. And for a guy that's as dynamic of a playmaker that he is, I'm really impressed with how well he takes care of the football. He's not a guy that puts it in harm's way. When he was under pressure last year, 14 touchdowns, zero interceptions, and a passer rating of 116. Very little in the way of just kind of being reckless. So to be that dynamic and that instinctive in, in really making those jaw-dropping plays, to do it while also not putting his team in, in bad situations for the most part is really, really impressive to me. Now, he could be aggressive, right? He could be aggressive with, I think, not necessarily where he puts the football, but how he chooses to navigate the pocket. I mean, there's some stuff on there that, you know, is is borderline crazy with how he can avoid pressure and pedal out of situations and, you know, his elusiveness and, and, and just comfort in himself to be able to make people miss and extend plays. Um, and there's a few times where he puts himself in a compromising situation. You Like you mentioned, he'll take a sack or – um, he wound up kind of having to throw the ball off his back foot. But for the most part, this is a really dynamic player that makes dynamic plays, but also does so while taking care of the football. Yeah. I think that of the, the five games that I watched, there was like one egregious decision and it was early against UCLA. Where oh, he, he didn't little... see that underneath the fender against yeah. UCLA. Man, yeah, I don't know. That, that hook he curl defending, see him. It was a little late though. Right? Yeah, it was touch a little late, late but... on that cross, and and he kind of put it out there to put it out in front of him for run after catch. But that hook curl, I think it was a vertical on the other side of the field that kind of lifted out of there, so there wasn't really anything to hold that hook curl. So he kind of just drifted and followed his eyes, and yeah, easy interception. Yeah. Um, so you mentioned the stuff in the pocket. I think what really <laughs> impressed me, The stuff off script really pops. The stuff with a free runner and when he's hot and making the first guy miss, that all obviously pops. I was impressed with the amount of times, because this is a player we're going to have the talking point about how long he holds on to the football and the translatability of some of that kind of stuff to the next level. But I came away with a lot more confidence than I was expecting to have because you see a lot of consistent reps of like good footwork with a hitch at the top, where yeah. stuff is in rhythm, he's willing and very comfortable to climb the pocket. You know, a lot of these quarterbacks at the college level, they're so eager to get outside the pocket. They're so eager to flush and, and kind of get out on the edge. And Caleb Williams does that. But within structure, 
you see back foot hits the ground. He's usually aligned to throw. I don't see him get up on top of his toes too much. Uh, when he's working ball fakes and in the pocket, he does a nice job getting himself set up as he rides that ball fake. And as he comes out, he's already lined up to throw. He's got a nice strong base. He's comfortable in the chaos of a pocket. Some of his best throws were dimes stepping up into the pocket in crowded spaces and pushing the ball down the field. That stuff gives you such a high level of confidence that this is not just a a player with that kind of wild stallion Mm -hmm. tendency that you're really enthused by, but you're not just not quite sure whether or not you're going to feel that same comfort at the NFL level. I think he shows that baseline. I want to use the word greedy. At times he's greedy, but greedy in a good way. Like he's he's greedy in the sense that he wants these big plays to happen. If there's scheme throws, he's going to execute the scheme throws. If there's progressions, you'll see him work through the progressions and then kind of come back to the other side and work his way all the way through. He doesn't consistently take the checkdowns. He will look to run, but he'll run to throw instead of run to run. He wants these big plays to happen in the passing game, but he's still doing a lot of it within the original structure. And then what happens from there is I think what makes him special. When I started watching Caleb Williams, I want to acknowledge, I don't know if it's a bias, but something that was on my mind when we, when I first started it and we watched, was it the PAC 12 championship game? We watched that together. We were somewhere. I don't know where we were. Atlanta, Atlanta. Um, and we, we were we were watching the game with a very renowned NFL quarterbacks coach, right? Uh, pretty much anyone would know. And a comment that that person made was, hey, what he's doing is really, really cool, but I'm not sure he's playing quarterback, right? Felt like he was just really off script and just trying to manufacture plays. And so I had that heavily on my mind when I went into the study. And I got to tell you that I felt very much like you did and where I came away with a lot of comfort in – both his ability to function op- off script, but also to be able to function within structure. I think Lincoln did a really good job of giving him some quick game to work with and finding some rhythm throws. But also you did see plenty of examples, especially when, you know, when Jordan Addison was healthy for him to be able to trust that route running and his ability to, like you said, read it and rip it and get it out on schedule. So I, I do think that he has a good blend of both. And while, yeah, he, he does, I mean, the numbers aren't good in terms of he holds on the ball for over 3.2 seconds on average. It's a number that you want to see come down. The fact that I've seen him do all of it appropriately gives me a lot of comfort for me to not have to sit here and, and give him like the Jordan Love treatment where it's like, well, can you play within structure? Like all this right. stuff is cool, but can you play within structure? I came away feeling really confident that Caleb Williams can. So, Two other things that I think help with that. Uh, the pre-snap demeanor, kind of the engagement. And there's times where he's getting help from the sideline where they'll they'll do the fake cadence, right? And they'll, they'll see what the defense tips. And then you'll look over to the sideline and you'll see Lincoln signaling something in and then they'll change the play. But then there's other times where he just kind of gets up to the line of scrimmage and like he's killing plays on his own. Um, he, so he's, he's doing pre-snap process on his own. I think that that's very helpful. But then for Caleb, too, uh, you can find a lot of free access throws on the tape, which you get the sense that there's some some RPO opportunities there. And just, again, getting up to the line of scrimmage, seeing what the formational structure is, taking what the defense is going to give you. Um, I wouldn't call him a rhythm thrower no. yet. Yeah. 
Um, but you, you, you have all these different examples of things that you can extrapolate and start to pull from and say, okay, well, he very clearly has a cognitive awareness of this and, and he understands what he's doing here. I thought from a protection standpoint, he kind of understood where, uh, if he got pressure, where it was going to come from. There weren't very many times at all where he was surprised by pressure. Right. It was, hey, if, if we have numbers and I'm hot, I'm going to know I'm hot. And I'm going to either get the ball out of my hands or alternatively, I'm going to drift and buy time to allow that crossing route across the middle for main coverage to come open and, and put it put it on him. So uh, there was a fourth and two where they actually chipped the back in protection in a, a I think it was a zero look. They had everybody mugged up on line of scrimmage and the back chipped through or pushed through the chip and released up the middle. And you just kind of saw him drift, and it was that comfort that you were talking about. The, the comfort and that nothing was happening too fast. And he's got a guy bearing down on him, and he's plenty patient. I wanted to ask you before we move on to segment three, which you don't know what it is. Mystery segment three. But I, I think it's going to make for a very compelling conversation. Um, you mentioned Lincoln Riley. Let's talk about this offense a little bit. What it is at SC versus what it was at Oklahoma. Because uh, you do get a lot of schemed throws, quick throws to the perimeter and, and punt return left, punt return right situations, whether it's out of jet or RBO or, or bubbles or whatever, right? So you get those, you get the the perimeter screens, the tunnel screens for the offensive line are releasing out. So you can look at the production, you could say, well, it, it's there's inflations in production because of all the run after catch for kind of these scheme throws. How did you, I have my own answer for this, but how did you negotiate those concepts and compartmentalizing them for, you might get a smattering of those at the NFL level, but it's not going to be at a super high level versus what concepts did you see that you felt like were very cog- or, or translatable? What, like what, what core concepts did you see that you're like, He'll do that at the NFL, and he'll, he'll do that just fine from day one. Ran a lot of dagger and mesh. You see that in the NFL, a lot of variations of mesh, a lot of understanding of how he can uh, use that to his advantage and even at times get outside of structure when he knows it's not available to him. I thought he he was able to process those two concepts extremely well. Um, but, yeah, I mean, there is, there's a fair amount of that, like you mentioned, just quick, quick throws to the perimeter. And they create after the catch, but I don't know. Like the the skill set, the skill set's the skill set, right? I mean, the the ability to make every throw, the accuracy, the creativity. I think, I think, I don't have much concern about however you want to utilize this quarterback. Like I, I feel like he's going to be a yes for you. Um, and we've seen we've seen a lot of these air raid quarterbacks and Lincoln Riley quarterbacks go into the NFL and have success. And I don't think. If they didn't, I don't think you go back and say, well, they played for Lincoln Riley and that didn't prepare them well enough for the next level. I I, I, I feel pretty comfortable with that, and I think it's just a, a truly a dynamic of all the quarterbacks we have to watch is that you you get that. And so I'm not going to hold them against it. And him just like, you know, like I, I, if you want to live in that world, I think you're you're missing the mark uh, because yeah. every quarterback does that stuff in college. A couple other concepts. Uh, they, they ran post-sale a number oh, of times. Yeah. You know, yeah, you know, that, got, that, that sale route, he threw really well. Was that in the Stanford game? He had a yeah. bomb to – was it to, to Addison? Uh, the post. 
Yeah, yeah, dude. Post. That was a rope. So, um, he held that one a long time too. You let it clear. Yep. Um, Lincoln kind of has these late developing. They're almost like Y cross that turn into spikes where they'll run a post on the the front side of the play, and then the backside crosser crosses shallow in case you're going to zone match it. And the corner usually runs out with the post. And then the cross spikes into the, the front side third. And he hit that a couple of times. Uh, a lot of the the RPO play action, like that split flow action in the backfield, where he comes out of that ball fake and will hit the the slice route underneath and he'll hit that when it's on the move. And it's usually that, that layered three level with a... Mm-hmm. Flat across and then some kind of vertical component all on the front side for a half field read. Um, that's such a staple of I, I couldn't help but laugh when when the headline came out earlier this offseason. Caleb Williams was asked like, "What NFL offense would you most like to go to?" And he said the Dolphins. And that's like the two a play is that RPO with the split flow action and the leak and then across. And and Miami ran it with like a post wheel flat combo all on the side same side and they kind of triangle read it. So I'm watching him with his ball fakes and how easy he gets the ball out. And it's like, oh, it makes sense that he would identify that Dolphins offense just because you saw a lot of that ball handling quick action, kind of just a loose arm to be able to drop stuff off into the flat and kind of freeze that defend that edge defender that you're going to zone read off of. And, And he can actually run zone read off it, too. So, did you see Lincoln had some crazy stuff last year? Just before we move on, this is my last thought. Did you re- see when they ran play action uh, GT power and turn it into a screen to the running back? Which game was this? Fresno State, I believe. I didn't watch Fresno State. No. Okay, sorry. so they they had back off to the left. And they ran action to the right where they ran GT. So they pulled the guard and tackle to run effectively power where you'd have the wrap and the kick. And he came through the back, stepping across his face from left to right. And he rode him as a play action face. And then he popped up and the back carried through his track and then just kind of turned around like where the tight end would be lined up. And he dropped it off underneath. And then like they turned it into a screen with run action GT run action and those guys got out in front on the perimeter oh, and it so ended up used that momentum got out. Yes. There. Yeah. yeah. It was, it was a very cool play design where like you see that kind of power play fake routinely mm-hmm. and I'd never seen it turn into a screen yeah, pass. Before. I like that. You're sucking guys into angles are going to be all off. That's a good yeah. play. Well, and they ran vertical on the outside and they just, they cleared the whole thing out and the linebackers are all sucked up. So it's like there's there was nobody out there. It's like a 25-yard gainer. I'll see if I can find the clip. I'll send it to you. I like that. I like that. So surprise segment here in segment three. That's what we're closing with here on Locked on NFL Scouting. Uh, hint, it has something to do with something that we've already alluded to here uh, in talking about the skill set of Caleb Williams. Joseph, you mentioned other air raid quarterbacks, specifically other Lincoln-Riley quarterbacks. Okay. Can you name some other Lincoln Riley quarterbacks, please? Baker Mayfield, Kyler okay. Murray. Okay. Um, Jalen Hurts. Oh, Jalen Hurts. Yeah, yeah, I forgot about him. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about two number one overall picks and 
the what the runner-up to NFL league. MVP last year. Yeah. Let's talk about the skill sets in comparison okay. to Caleb Williams. Who do you want to start with, or do you want to start with a trait? Caleb's got the best size. He's a he's about Jalen Hurts twenty. He's about Jalen Hurts' size. Has Jalen Hurts got that type of weight to him? Yes. Is he really? Yeah, you're right. Yeah, it's two twenty. He's exactly he's two twenty three. Yeah, you're right. I didn't realize he had that type of thickness to him. So, uh, but better than Baker and be- better than Kyler. So of the recent. Yeah standout Lincoln Riley air raid quarterbacks to go through to the NFL in past years. He's built just like Jalen Hurts. I think Jalen's probably a little bit more rocked up, but from a stature perspective, they are the same size. Okay. Talk to me about arm strength. Where does Caleb Williams measure versus these other quarterbacks in arm strength? It's him or Kyler, right? In terms of arm strength. I think Kyler probably had the best role. Fastball? Yeah, best fastball. Yeah. Uh, But as far as being able to throw on the move with velocity and accuracy to all levels of the field, it's Kyler and Caleb. Yeah. How about touch? Baker might have something to say about this. Oklahoma Baker, right? I think that's an important... yeah. yeah, yeah. No, because I don't even Baker, think about him anywhere else. Do you? <laughs> no. Pe- people sit here and laugh at all the, oh, Baker Mayfield was this awesome quarterback prospect, but he was. He not. was. He was. I think he, I think he has the same trait that Baker had at Oklahoma of being a greedy player in a good way. Now, it will cost you some plays. I remember talking about Baker taking sacks at Oklahoma, and it was like it, it wasn't – like he was not understanding what he was seeing. He just wasn't getting away with what he was trying to get away with. But Caleb is a better off-script player than Baker by far. I think he's a significantly better athlete than Baker Mayfield. I think he's more twitched up for sure. Yeah. I don't know that Caleb Williams is going to run like a 4-4. No. But he's think really a, a high 4-6, low 4-7. Yeah, that wouldn't, that wouldn't surprise me at all. That's a perfectly fine time, by the way. And Hertz ran Holmes ran a four eight. I'm glad this is the first name time that name has come up. Josh Allen ran a four seven five. If he runs, he, he's yeah, he'll be fine. We're 30 minutes in and, and did, managed to not say Patrick Mahomes' name until the 31 minute mark. I think we did well in that regard. And that was only referring to the speed dynamic. I think there are some arm slots and off script and creativity that echoes Pat. There's no question. Would you say this, this is the the best chance you will have at replicating what Patrick Mahomes has become since Patrick Mahomes came through the NFL draft. I don't think that's hard for me to say yes to at all. And I think that says more about the other quarterbacks that have come through. And how rare that skill set is. Correct. But it's 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 the intrinsic calmness under chaos that breeds that, in my mind. Right, and even Pat's evolved with that too, right? Like, I think 
the way he navigates the pocket and, and works off script is better now than it even was a couple of years yeah. ago. I think he's really grown in that area. Like I used to think Pat Mahomes was a pat pocket drifter and now he's really, he's really erased a lot of that too. So. so. Um, okay. Of these other Oklahoma quarterbacks, of the, the other Lincoln Riley quarterbacks, Trying to think of of what else we would want to compare them to Caleb in. Talked about touch. We talked about arm strength. We talked about stature. Kind of alluded to athleticism. Obviously, Kyler's in a different stratosphere from an athleticism standpoint. I think makeup-wise, I think he'll be pretty similar to Jalen Hurts. Like, personality, leadership, intangibles, Mm -hmm. top-tier stuff. Like, I think there's probably some parallels there. I yep. bet you Lincoln coached them pretty similarly. So, kind of feels like Caleb Williams is this mix-up of seemingly all of the best qualities of Lincoln's top quarterbacks from the last six, seven, eight years. I don't think there's any question, right? What, where does he come up short versus any of those other quarterbacks? Maybe you wish he was as explosive athletically as Kyler. I mean, but who cares? But it's yeah, it's not a backbreaker <laughs> because he he still has those dagger plays where you get him in these tough down and distance situations or you have him dead to rights and he he'll still extend the play and get you a first down. And it I just mean, breaks take, the will of the defense. I'd take Caleb Williams a hundred times out of a hundred over Kyler Murray, and maybe that's a decision Arizona is going to have to make. I have a take. I'm not really sure it matters what happens this year for Caleb. My expectation is that he is going to be a highly graded quarterback coming out of the draft for me than any player going back to Joe Burrow. Oh, yeah. There's no question about that. That includes Trevor Lawrence. You, do you yeah, put yeah, Trevor I Lawrence in the bucket? I would agree. I, I like Caleb better than Trevor Lawrence. Okay. And that, that was – I, I kind of came to that very quickly. I haven't thought about it until this moment, but it wasn't hard for me to say yes to that. Well, Trevor coming out, obviously, they there's was some decent parallels for the offensive system. I think they're probably comparable athletes. Yeah. I think Trevor Lawrence is awesome, by the way. Can we – can we like, that? that wasn't – Oh, you're not going to put him in like your your QB tier six no. in the AFC? No, he's not. He's not in that. <laughs> can I can I bring this up before we close? <laughs> yes. Have you man. seen uh, Have you seen USC schedule next year? I have not. All right, check this out. So we host three in a row to open up the year, hosting San Jose State, Nevada, and Stanford. Then two okay, Arizona State cakewalks at Colorado. Year one in Dion is probably going to be a significant talent advantage. Hosting Arizona. To Notre Dame, hosting Utah at Cal, hosting Washington at Oregon. They're going to cruise, man. They're going to cruise. Well, they got to watch out for the Utah game. Of course they do. That I feel like Utah is going to have a fair amount of turnover, though. Although Cam Rising's back, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, and they got they the, other, the other tight ends back, too. Queethy, yeah. Brant. Um. Utah's always tough, right? They're always a good team. At least they get in at home this year during the regular season. 
you have to think Notre Dame's going to have a little bit of a bounce back as well. They're going. They're undefeated going into Notre Dame. There's no question. Yeah, they're six and zero. They're six and zero, and then they have to negotiate at Notre Dame, Utah, and at Oregon to close the year, and then hosting UCLA Pac-12 championship. If it's it's not going to be about Caleb Williams, it's about Alex Grinch in this defense. Right? Can they, they get figure it out? They Can they tackle tackle. anybody? Okay. That's fun. We got a couple of good football players here to start our summer scouting with Marvin Harrison. Uh, This would instantaneously be one, two on this this past year's draft class. Yeah, no question. So the, the, the draft hype is back. Even two years ago. (laughs) Uh, The last two years have been a little tough. Right, dude. This is, we got legit blue chippers here. 22 and 23 or draft classes were a little bit of a slog. Not the case this time around. And we're not done either. Like we got some more blue chip talent along the way as well, which we're going to continue to intermittently mix into our content. Joe, who do we have for tomorrow? What NFL franchise do we have tomorrow? Oh man. I think it's Washington. The we're going to take command on Wednesday command tomorrow. Yeah. All right, so you got an NFC East team to look forward to. Uh, We are building to, on Friday, a look at the class of 2022 starting quarterback situation. So we're looking at Kenny Pickett. We're looking at Sam Howell. We're looking at Desmond Ritter. That that means we're doing the Falcons on Thursday. I'll do the same thing that we did last Friday for this year's rookies. We will do for second-year players. And then the following week... Who's do you know who our our college prospect is next week? Mm-hmm. Olu Fashanu, offensive tackle, Penn State. Okay, uh, another blue chip caliber prospect that that really showed exciting growth last year. And then we are doing teams from the twenty twenty one quarterback class: the Chicago Bears and the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars. Are we doing the San Francisco Forty ers We, we got them down. We got them down. <laughs> well, if it's not Trey Lance, it's Brock Purdy, right? Right, yeah, and then we got to get him caught up anyway. So, yeah, from the class of 2022. So, uh, lots of good content coming over the next couple of weeks. So make sure you keep it locked in right here on Locked On NFL Scouting. I'm Kyle Krabs. He's Joe Marino. You can find us on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Enjoy the rest of your Tuesday. Hit subscribe, like the video, come on back, see us again soon. Talk to you tomorrow. Peace.